back to the Ion Stone Podcast. I'm Anderson Miller. Dimitri Ray. Grant Morton. And on today's episode, we're talking about No Country for Old Men. And I can't wait to get into this movie. Yeah. But first, a word from our sponsor. Do you want to start a podcast? Well, now you can. For free. And it's as easy as downloading the new Spotify podcast app to your phone and or computer and hitting record. Spotify Podcasts allows you to record anytime or upload files and provides all the tools you'll need to make your episode sound as solid as stone. Spotify Podcasts is the new home for any podcasters looking to expand their brand and reach new audiences across the globe. All right, so no country for old men. Hold up. Uh, What the hell happened in this movie, Kyle? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. No country for old men. Violence and mayhem ensue after a hunter stumbles upon a drug deal gone wrong. And more than $2 million in cash near the Rio Grande. Fascinating. All while a serial killer with a peculiar weapon of choice is on the prowl. Will they escape death? Probably not because everybody dies. Eventually. <laughs> no, but all right. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get into this. Spoilers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We are spoiling this movie. Okay. Deal with it. <laughs> now, <clears throat> have you guys all had a dare not? I've had two. I've had one, but... uh Slacker. Big boy hungry. <laughs> Can you pass me a Boston cream, please? There is a Boston that has been filled with cream. What? Okay. Have we confirmed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it looks like the icing shit. Where did my blender go? I'm going right. to eat a second one and <laughs> indulge in the uh, chocolate glaze. That's fine, sir. We got napkins. We got paper towels. Um, I still want my hands on. So, we all really like Boston cream donuts. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, sometimes if you go to a bakery or like a Dunkin' Donuts, or whatever, they have the custard-filled donuts, but you also have the icing-filled donuts. Yeah, those are ass. Yes. All right, those don't count. I don't. I don't know what that is. So I go to Meyer because Meyer's right by our office, and you can get twice the amount of donuts you can get at most bakeries for half the price. And they're big. They're big donuts. Yeah. They're really good. I don't know why more people aren't like on this shit. But anyways. I've never gotten a Boston cream there because I've been weary about it. This kind of screams I've got icing in it, not custard. Right? No, it's custard. Yeah, but just looking oh, yeah, at yeah, it, yeah. like compared to like the the other ice donuts, oh, it, yeah. it has that kind of fake look to it. it. Does. And I'm like, that's what's going to be inside the donut. Yeah. So I peek around the corner and there's two women. They're you know getting ready. It's early in the morning, getting ready for their dad. I said, excuse me, I'm so sorry to bother you, but uh. I got a question, and the, the the one just turns and looks at me. You know the type. I don't even got to describe her. You know the type. Let me speak to the manager. I'm not going to use a turn signal. I'm going to cut you off and flip you off like you're the dumbass. One of those. Mm-hmm. All right. She turns and looks at me like, <laughs> and I'm like, um, I was just wondering if these donuts out here are actually custard. I want to make sure they don't have the – she interrupts me. She says – there's labels underneath the donuts. Goes back to what, doing what she's doing. And her co-worker's looking like, oh, shit. You know, because she, she knew that was, like, really rude. And I said, well, 
the ones I'm asking about have a label underneath that says cinnamon roll. They don't look like cinnamon rolls. <laughs> and she turns around, she's like, <sighs> sets this box down, comes waddling out, and I'm like, these right here, and she's like, yeah, honey, those are chocolate iced cinnamon rolls. And I said, the label doesn't say that. It says cinnamon roll. There's cinnamon rolls up here. And she's like, well, all the cinnamon rolls just say cinnamon roll. And then you're supposed to use your eyes to tell what kind of icing's on top. I was like, I literally was like, okay, pardon me. <laughs> Let's just, do you have custard donuts? And she comes out again, and she's looking all the way at the bottom. And, you know, I'm tall. I can't because literally the, the bottom shelf's, like, down here. Yeah, it's my level. She's, like, under there, right there. And I'm, like, okay, sorry. I didn't bend all the way over to, to, to see those. And her coworker comes out to enter. She's, like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. She said, it gets really confusing. I understand where you're, like, she, thank God for her. And I was like, yeah, I was like, they look exactly the same. You know, I was like, honestly, that kind of looks like backstock down there, you know? And I'm also like, why is one of the best creations on this earth a Boston cream donut at the bottom? It's a bottom, bitch. I was like, what the fuck is this? So anyways, I'm like, thank God for this sweet old lady because her coworker needs to, you know, go home, get punted off of a bridge. But, uh. She'd probably bounce, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> but I couldn't believe the attitude. Yeah, that's I couldn't bad. believe the attitude. So you know, I'm getting a box of twelve donuts. Oh, I took my sweet time. I set the box up, and I'm looking at her, and I'm just like <laughs> doing that. And then before I left, I I peeked around again. I was like, "Thank you so much for your help." Pointing to the oh. woman, I said, "You have a wonderful day." Didn't say anything to the other. Damn. <laughs> Walked away. That's awesome. I'm here for it. But I couldn't believe there's labels underneath. It's like, are you, Bitch. do you just want to call me something? Like, do you want to say it? You want to challenge my intellect? Like, let's go. <laughs> and then she's like, you're supposed to use your eyeballs to tell what icing's yeah, on. Yeah, she was on. definitely thinking, dumbass. I want to be like, you're supposed to use your eyeballs to tell yourself no to that cookie. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to get myself Are we canceled now? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. Not, we're not canceled. Some people just... I, I want to get canceled, honestly. Some people just really piss me off. Yeah, that's bad. And I have another story about Meyer. Sorry, guys. I know you're tuning into this like, oh, No Country for a Minute. It's a great movie. And then here's some jackass bitching about Meyer. <laughs> but another thing that they're terrible about is that oh, is the greeters. Oh, and I've told awful. you about this. You know, Walmart, any other establishment that has greeters, they take that job seriously. I was leaving Meyer the other day, did a little grocery trip, and there's this old guy. He just looks like he hates everybody. Like, he looks like one of those guys that was in Nam, and he's mad he didn't die over there. And he's just, So he's got a scowl on his face, but he's standing there with his hands in his pocket. He's got the greeter vest on. He's just kind of waddling around. And uh, I came in, and he was saying hi to an older woman, but when I came in, he didn't say anything to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's just spitting some game, whatever. Yeah, he is. But then when I left, he wanted to check that I had a receipt. Yeah, you look like a thief. I was like, <laughs> you didn't even greet me. Like, your whole job, like, you're not LP, you're a greeter. Your whole job is just to say, hello, how are you doing today? Nothing. Mm. You're out here trying to get some old tail. 
And then <laughs> I'm trying to leave. And no mind you, the self-checkout's right next to right. his, like, main area of operation. Yeah. So it's like, you literally saw me check out. Right. And you want to make sure I got that receipt? Yeah. Oh, boy. Dude, I, I hate being I, greeted. I, well, like, I at a grocery mind. store, I don't greet me. My I'm thing coming is, in here if and it's spending your job, money. If it's your job, that's the only thing you have to do. Just do it. Yeah. What are you doing? Check me for a receipt. I used to work for Meyer. Okay. I know how their LP works. Greeters don't do that. Yeah. He just wanted to be a dick. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. And he probably thinks that I'm way younger than I am too. But I, I just. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I hate being greeted at a grocery store. Like, dude, no, it leave me alone. I'm coming in here and having to spend money. I really don't want to spend, but I have to spend. Don't, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. It's custard. It is. It is custard. All right. Meyer does have custard donuts on the bottom of the shelf. Don't ask Helga. She's going to be a bitch. <laughs> Anyways. No country for all men. Let's get into this. All right. Ratings. Start with you, Grant. Out of five stones. 4.6. We're, we're so close. We're this so close. movie... So, I, I really love the old Western feel, like, mm-hmm. TV shows, like, Longmire's a great one. That's an old Western-style feel. Not really an old Western. Um, it has that feel, though. Yeah. He looks like a cowboy, you know. Like... Oh, dude. I, like, I, I love that style movie, but then you add in the twist of there being a serial killer who seems to have some sort of advanced type of shit. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, the weaponry of his choices are pretty far out there in terms of what most people would probably use. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was actually a really good movie. It was worth, uh, it was worth staying up until whatever fucking yeah. time last Just night. That out. At the time of this recording, uh, this is a Saturday morning. Usually. We'd probably be on the vodka stream or something up till three in the morning and sleeping out on a Saturday morning. We were up until that time last night watching this movie, and we had to wake up early to do this episode. Yeah, last so night was it, rough. It, it, yeah, but I'll tell you what, it was worth it. I it I actually was. felt hyper focused on the movie because I was trying to stay awake. <laughs> I, yeah, so I was just like stare at movie, absorb everything. Dude, I felt disgusting because we I had that football game mm-hmm. at eight fifty five. And then I didn't even take a shower when I got home. I was like, I need to start watching this movie. And dude, I felt dis- I that was disgusting. <laughs> I I stunk. It was gross. Yeah, my hygiene's been kind of slipping this past week. I took a shower this morning and I felt like a new person. <laughs> well, I was just in all that clown makeup the other day. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. We're we're filming Mary to Crow again, as I said in the episode i posted this week but when this is posted it'll be prior week i get covered in this fucking cheap ass <laughs> makeup you know yeah i gotta like take a fucking sos pad to my face to get it all <laughs> it's, it's rough out here so i get all hot and bothered and feel gross so anyways Dima. rating <laughs> he's about to give it a shit rating y'all ain't about to like this one Okay, we'll change his mind. I probably have to go with the three, three and a half. I oh. thought it was a very good movie, but you know, there was kind of what I told you yesterday. Like it kind of felt slow. 
but it was going by really quick. It was a weird sensation. I have an answer to that. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. And it probably didn't help that I was just exhausted at that point. Mm-hmm. And, like, um, so that that probably played an effect into it. But I, I do think it was a very good movie. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I, I have an answer to why you felt that way. Okay. Because that's actually intended. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So I was pretty much on point with Grant. Um, this movie's almost perfect. I have some problems with it, but, um, it's a Coen Brothers movie, so for anyone who's watched, like, Fargo, uh, well, this movie kind of, have you guys seen Fargo? It's, it's, it's pretty similar. Uh, the briefcase with the money in it is actually the same briefcase from Fargo. Really? Yeah, but the Coen Brothers did that, and they've done some, they have a certain style to their filmmaking and their story writing. And they're known for having kind of, I don't want to say risky endings, but and maybe not even ambiguous, maybe kind of ambiguous endings, but just endings that kind of go for a, a different take on how to end a movie. You know, like, yeah. it's not like a classic way to end a movie. You don't get resolve. You just kind of feel empty handed at the end, honestly, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. that's their style. And there is an you know there is a an answer to the ending. There's a reason for it, but you gotta like examine the fuck out of the movie to figure it out. So, which I did last night, which is why I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> but um, so we'll um, talk about the things we liked. I will start with Shigur. I think that he is honestly one of the most interesting characters in a movie I've ever seen. Just not even just serial killer. Yeah. Just like in general. Yeah. From his look to his demeanor to how he interacts with people. Um it's very much like the coin he flips. It's yeah, oh yeah. there's nothing but chance with him. You don't know what you're gonna get. And I love his character. I wouldn't change a thing from the stupid haircut to the freaking cattle gun he's carrying. I mean, I just think he is a force to be reckoned with. So, and I also kind of question who the real protagonist is in this film because uh, we're kind of led to believe that it's, uh, uh, how do you pronounce that name? Lillian? Llewellyn? Yeah, Llewellyn. Llewellyn? Llewellyn. Llewellyn. Thank you, Llewellyn. That's it, Llewellyn. We're led to believe it's him, right? Right. But there's oh, a lot to... Llewellyn. What? Llewellyn. No, it's Llewellyn. It's, it starts with an L. It's Llewellyn. Llewellyn Moss. Oh. I thought... It sounds like the girl, his wife, is saying Llewellyn. It's Llewellyn. Gotcha. It is Llewellyn. I just couldn't Sometimes remember it. Is great. It helps you. No. But, um, yeah, we're led to believe, and he very is, very much is, like, the main character yeah. in the film. We follow oh, him yeah. pretty much on this crazy ride. Um, but I could argue that Shigur, Shigur is a protagonist to a degree. Um, but that just kind of depends on how you look at this movie and from what take, because... Oh, there's a lot going on with this film, but uh, 
you, you can almost look at this film as like just a plain old good versus evil Mm -hmm. but instead of following like the classic hollywood trope of like good always prevails in the end you don't get that in this film no good sucks good fails good is always behind death death wins and that's another bold take on the coen brothers because that's not typically what you want to give the general audience you know the typical moviegoer right um, so I can only imagine how reactions were when this movie came out, going to see it in theaters. My dad and I watched it at home. We waited for it to be on DVD, but I remember like seeing trailers for it and, and shit. I was like, looks pretty good. You know, like, and then, um, uh, Javier Bodem actually won an Oscar for best supporting actor. The first Spanish actor to do that in American history. Oh, hmm. wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So as far as good things go. I love his character. Oh, yeah. And I love the cinematography. Yeah. From the first shot to the last, there wasn't one camera shot that I was like, oh, why'd they do that? Yeah. Everything just, I don't know, it, it, it's a beautiful movie. And I'm with you. I love, like, an Old West aesthetic. Oh, yeah. They definitely, this is set in the 1980s, I believe, but they they definitely give you, like, this dystopia feel of, like, Maybe a Texas that's in like a post-apocalyptic setting. Like, yeah. it feels very empty. We only see a few small town law Texas. enforcement. Yeah, you know, like it just feels very barren. And like, you got this serial killer that can just run amok, literally oh, yeah. kill whoever the fuck he wants with no repercussion. I mean, the movie opens up with him killing a deputy. So it's like, holy crap, you know? And, uh,. Yeah, I don't know. I just I love that whole like old west feel, um, and especially for it to be set in the 20th century, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean Ed Tom described uh, Anton as a ghost, mm. so that that really played into the fact that he is like a ghost and why he's able to just kill with no repercussion. Because they're like, we can't catch this dude. Yeah. And I think they set that up perfectly for this movie. Do you think there's a background to Shigur? Oh, absolutely. That we aren't really privy to. Yeah. I mean. I kind of wonder that. Yeah. Studies have shown, like, with serial killers, some of them, it's just a chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. in the brain. But, you know, like, Llewellyn was. Did two tours in vietnam mm-hmm. so you wonder okay is he was he in the service did he have some sort of you know was he a gun for hire oh sugar yeah yeah i know I well mean, that's what i love tactics Llewellyn, that... dude he shows his training multiple times in this movie yeah. yeah um i i hate to skip ahead but i think one of my favorite scenes is the dog chase oh when, yeah when he's like laying in bed and he's like all right, like he he just can't sleep. He can't yeah. stop thinking about that guy and what he was trying to tell him. And then he goes back and he's like, "Oh shit, someone's been here and killed him." Yeah. And then you see the Mexicans up there slashing his tires, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Like I was thinking first time I watched the movie, like, "Oh, he's gonna die." But then he's running. They're shooting at him. You know, kind of hit him, whatever. But dude, when that dog comes running at him, I wrote down I was like, "Dog is a unit." Like yeah. that oh, yeah. thing was, and it's just swimming. Like, with the most intensity, like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I was like, oh, my God. And that's cool to have a dog chase in water. Yeah. 
You know, because usually dogs are like at their best on foot because right. we can't outrun dogs in most instances. So that was cool how they did that. But, I think I could outrun that dog. <laughs> no, after you shoot kidding. it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it showed his training because he looked at his surroundings. He's like, okay, my best shots of evading bullets and a dog get in the water. Yeah. You know, go with the current. It's going to do half the work for me. And it worked. Yeah. Gave him the advantage to where he could get out of the water and shoot the dog in time. You know, like, so that was cool. And he knew how to uh, heal himself, you know, take, you know, give some remedies for getting shot and whatever without going to a hospital. But then he also knew how to evade people looking for him. Yes. <laughs> and I just, I loved, like, he had that, you know, insight or forethought. Like, and that's a cool thing about this movie is it really tackles something that people talk about in gen- any general discussion. If you came across a big bag of money, what would you do? And then if you decided to keep it, who's going to come looking for it? Right. You know, so that in itself is a scary circumstance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. What, what are your guys' favorite parts of this movie or things that you liked? My favorite part of the movie is... When Sugar's in the gas station and flips a coin with that old, with the old man. That poor guy. Because you know what's going to, like, you know, if, if he doesn't, you know, if he's misfortunate, mm-hmm. he's dead. Yeah. But that's, like, you, that's when you really see the, where the character's going to take off from. Um, but I actually, you know, like, it wasn't a real big scene. But it was probably my favorite because it kind of displays what kind of psychotic level he's at. And uh, I I, I think know. it's the best exchange of dialogue in the movie. Oh, it is by far. For sure. I The scene I hate the most is at the end. When oh, yeah. the sheriff is talking about the dreams. That's, that's common. Most people, most people can't stand the ending of this movie. It sucked. Oh, I don't like it, but I have learned to appreciate that the directors were trying to give a message. And I think I have figured that out. Um, but it's one of those things where it kind of ties into the beginning. Yeah. So, like, the beginning is the ending of the movie. Mm. Um, and I guess I'll get into that. Th- this movie is really just a representation of life in general. You know, life just goes full circle. Um, it's an endless cycle of beginnings and ends. Mm-hmm. So the movie represents that. You know, the, the beginning is the end. The end is the beginning. The movie starts with him talking about being a young sheriff, his father before him. The movie ends with him talking about his dad being younger than him yeah. in his dreams. So they just switched roles, but they're still in the same predicament of not being in the same place at the same time. His yeah. dad's moved beyond, and he hasn't. And he also talks about basically – not being afraid to die, like he knows that when you become, you know, an officer, you're signing up to risk your life. But he's also like, I'm not going to push my chips towards something that I don't understand. Right. Oh, yeah. Which would be Shigur and death. And if you ask me, Shigur is death. He's literally like the Grim Reaper yeah. in yeah. physical manifestation. Like, he's the living diaphragm. Yeah. And, and he's a perfect representation of death because death comes for everybody. He comes for everybody in this movie. Yeah. Literally. Oh, yeah. 
I think the only person that we see come on screen he doesn't come for is uh uh Tom's uh wife. And actually Tom, like they have an instance where they make you think that they're gonna cross paths and they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But besides that, he comes for everybody. Oh yeah. The the American dude that uh hires Woody Harrison's character, uh Carson Carson Wells, yeah. Uh, comes for him, comes for Carson. Like literally, he kills the the guys that are showing him the crime scene of the Mexicans. Which I actually forgot about that as many times as I've that seen this movie. That was interesting. I was like, oh yeah, that's how he gets involved in this. They hire him, and then boom, boom. Like, oh, okay, yeah. just kill everybody. Like, jeez, dude. Um, but yeah, so like, he is just like the perfect, again, manifestation of death. Like, he's coming for everybody you're probably going to die. And that's how death is in real life, you know? And that's why I like the the situations where he flips the coin because there are times in real life when you can be on your deathbed and you might survive it. You might come out okay, you know? But it's a 50-50 chance. And then they were like, let's just literally represent that in a flipping of a coin. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so cool. But also, you can just tell he wants to kill everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, he definitely got off to the killing. I think uh I forget I forget who it is. I think she's working at the hotel, the kind of heavy set redhead lady oh, yeah. with her hair up like uh Yeah, Kathy Lampkin's character. Okay. The way she's all sassy with him and everything, and he's just looking at her like Oh, okay, like <laughs> she got away with it. Yeah. yeah well, it. the only reason why is because he heard that toilet flush uh, in yeah. the other room. But it was funny that yeah. she got away with doing it. Because, you know, she was sitting there like, yeah, that's right. But it's like, lady, you have no, no idea, idea who you were just talking to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just think this movie is just a representation of the cycle of life. And also, I, in a deeper meaning, I think they found a good way to, like, kind of represent us as as people like humanity like our whole life we're going after something usually money um just like Llewellyn and if we get that money usually nothing but bad things follow afterwards whether it's like drug addiction or you make bad decisions like cheating on your wife or whatever happens but it usually doesn't go well you know, and you get you get a lot of attention you don't want, which Llewellyn definitely does. He's got Mexicans looking for him. He's got Shigura looking for him. He's got the Americans looking for him. It's like, oh, and the sheriffs. So, like, he's literally got four different parties, like, on the hunt for him. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's actually pretty impressive that he survives as long as he does. But I think, again, it goes back to his training. Right. Um, like, I love when he's coming back to the hotel and he knows to, like, tell the taxi, like, hey, just keep driving. Yeah. You know, let me just go look at the, the, the layout here. And then he gets the room, like, away from his room. Yeah. Right. And he's, like, listening on the wall. Like, he just knows. Like, he, he kind of assumes there might be a tracking device or something. Like, I don't know. He's just always a step ahead. And I think that's cool because so is Shigur. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why no one can ever catch him. Um. And they did a brilliant job of showing that with all the kills in the movie because you only see how people die if Shigur kills them. Any other death, we just come across it, mm. including Llewellyn's. Yeah. We don't see how he dies, right? Our yeah. main character. And I thought that was really cool because it's kind of like we're um, riding passenger seat 
to uh, Tom Bell. Like, he's always a step behind, and that's why he never gets the case off. Yeah. Right? He's always showing up after the fact. And he also just kind of seems like he's not trying to tackle anything. Like, when they go into uh, Llewellyn's home Mm -hmm. and they see, you know, all right, someone's been here, he doesn't get his gun out. No, he just sits down and drinks the yeah. glass of milk. But, like, they're standing there. He's got his hands on his hip, and his, de- his whatever deputy gets a gun out, and he tells him, like, gun up and out, you know. But he's just standing there. He doesn't get his gun out or anything. It's like he just doesn't want to really tackle anything. And I think it goes back to what he was saying in the beginning of the movie. I don't want to push my chips towards something yeah. I don't understand. And he doesn't understand what they're dealing with. You come across a big gathering of dead bodies in the desert, and you're like, okay what's this you know and then they run that plate number and find out like, oh okay it's i know him you know it's Llewellyn's truck and whatever and i don't know i just think it's funny how like he's always a step behind and then uh our main characters are always a step ahead mm-hmm. so it just feels like uh who's gonna like be farther ahead in the end right and it kind of sucks because i think Llewellyn was winning but then you had the variable of the Mexicans just showing up randomly, and that's how he died. You know, like, yeah. okay, just, which kind of sucks, but. Yeah, I don't like to see him get a little bit longer. But life is unpredictable. And it that's is. the other thing they've done really well, because that happens. Shigur gets T-boned out of fucking nowhere. I like how it has that compound fracture in his arm. It's like, what the hell, dude? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah that surprised me. He killed the wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she gone. Yeah, she's toast. She gone. That that coin landed on the the other side for her, unfortunately. Oh yeah. Um. And so that is interesting because they don't show that death. Right. No. But you are led to believe he killed her. Right. See, I took it as he didn't kill her. Oh. Well, because though when he told her to pick and she was just refusing, it almost felt like he didn't want to because he enjoys the fear and enjoys them questioning it in their mind. There's a part of me that does wonder because the guy, the clerk at the gas station, he, uh, he was going back and forth with him and he told him to pick. He said, you know, he kept asking why. And he's like, yeah, that's not how it works. Just, you know, choose. And then he finally did. And it's like he was satisfied. He didn't have to kill him. He didn't care to, about killing him one way or another. Yeah. But he enjoyed the game he was playing with them. The psychological aspect of it. I guess, you know, I guess there is a possibility he didn't kill her. But I feel like the general consensus, like from research I've done on this movie, mm-hmm. is that she is dead. Because um, he, here's one thing. And it's a it's a mind trick that they play on us as the viewers. Mm-hmm. So they introduce this coin flip, right? As if like, oh, okay, there's a way people can live with this guy, but it's not always introduced. So that means it's not actually a law, right? With him, right? It's just something he might introduce. Yeah, and that's because he is a psychopath. Yeah. So with that being said, if it does land on what she calls. I'm still believing that he's committed because the whole reason he's there, right? Llewellyn's dead. Yeah. Everything's done. He's got the money. He's good to go. Oh, yeah. But he says, I made a promise. Like, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, she even says that. Like, what? A promise? He's like, 
I'll tell Lon, you know, I'd kill you. <laughs> it's like, holy crap, dude. And I, I don't know if he can overlook that because of a coin flip. Yeah. Mm. That we have been shown isn't really a, a wall that right. he abides by. It's something that he might decide to introduce in the situation. Yeah. But I don't know. So it's hard to say. It is, it is really hard to say. Yeah. Now, something interesting. I didn't know this until last night. Uh, psychiatrists studied 400 films. They did, and all of these films were about serial killers or had a serial killer feature in them. They determined that Javier Bodem's portrayal is the most clinically accurate to a psychopath out of any of those films. Out of 400 films. That's wild. Dang. From the way he moves, breathes, the way he moves his eyeballs. Like, they, they broke it down literally like that damn uh the way he uh like makes eye contact with people and how he'll turn his head sometimes like in the gas station mm-hmm. when he's leaving the only time you feel like he's kind of being sarcastic is when he's kind of turning like this and he looks at the guy and it almost looks like he's gonna smirk you know yeah, right and it's like okay he's just been messing with him but you're still not sure right you're yeah. never sure with anything with this guy no just like we're not sure if he killed Llewellyn's wife. Right. We have no, I, that's the thing. But it's, I don't think we're meant to understand because psychiatrists determine this guy in the movie is 100% psychopath. Oh, not yeah. only that, he is the best portrayal of one out of all the movies that they uh, looked at. Hmm. Which, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I can only imagine some of the films that were in there that I would consider like like American Psycho. You know, movies like, I, I don't know. I'm just, so I'm like, okay, that's pretty, but I, I believe it because I don't understand this guy. All I know about him is that he kills. If you run into him, you're probably going to die. Oh, yeah. That's it. And all anybody who knows of him says is like, like, uh, uh, Car- uh, Carson, right? Carson. Yep. Carson. Yeah. Carson. Uh, it's like, you seen him and you're still alive. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. We get this gist of, like, if he shows up, there's not going to be any witnesses. Um, now, Which it, is interesting with the kids at the end. I was just going to say that. Um, because he... That shows a moral code. Yeah, so because he's a psychopath, I don't see him not having a moral code because of that. I think he has his own twisted set of rules that he follows. Those kids did not fit that description for him. It also leads me to believe he had service time too. Mm. But there's also other witnesses. So he couldn't have killed those kids even if he wanted to. Because they already said, you know, that person's calling or whatever. There's a... It was in a neighborhood. There are houses around, which means there were people around, and he just got absolutely obliterated. Yeah. So I don't think he could have killed them if he wanted to in order not to get caught. Now, I agree. Do you think if it was like in the beginning of the movie when he's just alone with that deputy, Mm -hmm. do you think he would have killed those kids? No. more likely than not no but what I could see him doing is taking that coin out yeah see that's what I was going to say I think now that I'm thinking about it he probably introduces that coin 
when he's not really sure about killing somebody. Yes. Like, I think he does like killing. He does, absolutely. Or maybe he doesn't like killing. Maybe it's just something he does to be efficient. Who knows? But either way, he doesn't feel remorse or no. regret about it at all. He doesn't even think about it. That that guy that he pulls over after he leaves the sheriff's office, and he's like, just stand still. It's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy crap, dude. Just business as usual. Right. You know, like, let me just puncture your freaking brain out and yeah. get on with my day. But I, I do wonder if maybe that coin comes out when he's conflicted. Maybe he does have a little bit of confliction sometimes. So maybe you're right. Maybe in that instance, he would get a coin out. Because originally I was going to say I think he would have killed him. Like, I view him as just a tornado. Like, he's coming through yeah. and, like, tornadoes don't have feelings. Right. I don't think – I really don't think he does. No. But maybe that coin does represent confliction in his head. See, I just or, – or, or maybe that's what they want because, again, this character is just a psychopath. They're not meant to be understood. I don't. So we're trying to understand something that's not meant to be understood. Yeah. I don't think it's confusion with him. I think confliction. it's. Or confliction. confliction sorry. Yeah. I don't think it's confliction with him. I think it's more along the lines of. The game. I have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have no reason to kill you. You haven't done anything. I'm not trying to look for you, for these people. I have no reason to kill you at all other than I want to. Yeah. But I'm going to let the coin decide if I actually do or not. You know what? That's... Okay. Because that I... the coin flip reminds me of Harvey Dent. Now, two completely different characters, yeah. backgrounds and everything. But Harvey kind of did that too, where he'd flip the coin, fills heads, you live, tails, you die. Mm. So I think that coin is more of, I'm going to let fate decide if it wants me to kill you or not. Well, you just made so I think now I understand the coin. I think he introduces the mean? coin when he wants things to be more interesting. Yes. Like any other kills, when the coin's not introduced, he's either in a hurry mm -hmm. to get away from being caught or from being involved in something where he'd potentially be outnumbered, or things are just way too hot. Yeah. You know, like when he's in that battle with Llewellyn near the end. Yeah. And they're in the street. They're literally in the fucking street of the city, just going head to head. Yeah. And then he gets shot. You know, it's like, all right, yeah, I got to sit out for a second. But when he introduces that coin, he, it's always in a closed setting. Um, I think it is always indoors, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's always in a closed setting where he knows his surroundings. He knows there's no variables. And he knows that he has time to play a game. So I think that's it. I think... He uses that when there's nothing else spicing up the situation. Like, yeah. I think he likes having that feeling of... Control. Well, control amongst chaos. So, when there isn't chaos, yeah. he's creating it with a coin. But he likes seeing the confusion on them. Because oh, dude, yeah. That gas clerk, station clerk, that's why I love that exchange. Because yeah. the whole time, he's just like, well, I, I gotta close. And he's like, what time do you close? Right. And he said, now. And he said... Now is not a time. See, I <laughs> thought like, that was genius. Dude, right, like, I was dude. like, that, and that guy's face. Like, is that like, was such a uh, load. Oh, yeah, but I, I do got to close. <laughs> and then he's asking what time he goes to bed. And then he's like, do you live in this house behind the gas station? Like, I was like, oh my God. See, he was just playing mind games yeah. with this guy. And I, I took that. I heard that. I was like, oh, he's going to come back and kill him just for the hell of it. Yeah. 
and then the coin toss right, happens. That's, that's the thing. He's creating chaos. Right. Because there's no chaos. Exactly. He can't just get gas and go in and buy a candy bar. He has to, like, create right. yeah. some kind of. <laughs> Everywhere he goes. Dude, his character just makes this movie for me. Yes. It, it's so good. Um, and what's funny is. Javier Bardem, even though now he's like a well-renowned actor, like he's been a James Bond villain, which he was actually one of my favorite James Bond villains because his whole jawbone uh, up to his cheekbone comes out. It's an implant. Yeah. And then his face is just like disfigured. And oh, yeah. It's cool. But this movie is what made him like the like a breakout star. Oh, yeah. Huh. So you go into this, you got Woody Harrelson, Josh Brolin, Tommy Lee Jones. It's like... Damn, dude! Like these are some heavy hitters. Oh, and it's then Skyfall. I'm yeah, I'm walking away from this with dude. That serial killer. That was my guy, man. Like that's what made the movie, and that's not taken away from you know Woody Harrelson, Tommy Lee Jones, or Josh Brolin. I didn't even but, Woody Harrelson's role was just kind of eh. yeah. Well, here's like, what I, here's what I liked about him. He kind of gave us a little background on Shiger in a sense of like, okay. Shiger has worked for the Americans at some point, right? Yeah. Like, he knew where that guy's office was. He went right to it and killed him. <laughs> we didn't even see that. We just see he's dead. It's like, oh, okay. But either way, you can tell there's a history there. Because yeah. when uh, Carson's talking, what is that guy's name at the desk? I can't remember. I don't even know if it's said. I don't think it is. I, I say we're just led to believe yeah. it's just, like, Americans, you know, like, the Americans, whatever. But... Yeah, he's listed as man who hires. Exactly. That's what I mean. He's just like a general fill in the blank. So when he's talking to Car- uh, Carson, he literally says, you know, like, oh, yeah, Shigur's out there. And he's like, yeah. He's like, when's the last time you saw him? I was like, December of last year. You know, like, it's been a while. So it, they're aware that he's a thing. They've probably used him before and regretted it. You know, because he, he probably killed everyone else that was with him that they sent. You know, so like, but when they meet on the steps, when Shiger's behind Carson on the steps, you can tell they've worked together. Yeah. Or at least been in the same room before. They know what each other looks like. And they have this, like, rapport almost of, like, they've I don't want to say other. a professional work history. But, you know, you, you feel like there's been something where they've both been a part of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe the military. I was thinking CIA or so, yeah. But either way, that's why I liked Woody Harrelson's character, and you almost get this feeling, even though we don't see it, that he's going to be as cold and efficient as Shiger. You know, like you get this feeling that because he's not really worried, he's sitting there with his cowboy, like yeah, 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 you know, like whatever. He's able to find that briefcase. He's able to, you know, and then he talks to uh, Llewellyn, like you've seen him and you're still alive, like. That whole time he's sitting in there with those flowers, I thought, I felt the same tension I feel with Shiger. Like, is he going to kill him? Yeah. You know? So, for me, Woody Harrelson was like another Shiger, but just like the opposite where he's very outgoing. He's able to like act like a normal guy, but he could probably still fuck you up. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that. And I like that they were able to sell that to me without anything to really justify it. Other than he walks around with a suit. And he talks real cool. Yeah. That's all he does. Woody Harrelson did do a good Texas accent. Oh, dude, yeah. I thought he was great. That's the thing. I don't think you could choose any other actor um, 
to play Carson other than Woody. Like, if you put Jake Gyllenhaal, one of our favorite actors, in that position, I don't think he could do it and pull it off in the same dynamic the way Woody did. Yeah, I like Woody Heroes. Plus, he is the guy that gets called in by the Americans to take care of the situation. Right. So that does kind of put him at a uh, higher, you know, expectation of whatever his skills are. (laughs) That's the thing. The dude that hires Woody Carson, as soon as Javier walked through that door, you saw him pop up. Like, he knew. Like, he didn't have to say anything. I don't even think he saw the gun yet. He just saw his face, and he already tried to pop up and leave. Yeah. And it shows that even though Shigur is a cold-blooded, psychopathic killer, he still has his code because he didn't kill the other dude who said he was in accounting when he killed Carson's boss. And the guy asked him, hey, are you going to kill me? He goes, "Uh, that depends. And he's like, on what? Do you see me? Like, so he doesn't have to kill. He just gets off to doing it. And that's all that is. Yeah. That's how, what I took from it is he is just a psychopath who mm-hmm. wants to kill. Yeah. And he doesn't care who he kills, but he also has some sort of code that he follows. Whatever it is. <laughs> to justify those kills. Yeah. And for whatever reason, because I would assume like, yeah, if I was him, I probably would have killed that dude because he just saw what I did. Yeah. But it also plays in the fact that who are these people? And that dude said, I'm an accountant. But also, um, um, what's his face? Ben Affleck was the accountant. One oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it kind of reminded me of that. It was like, okay, maybe this is like some CIA branch or some shit to I, where yeah. he knows he can't say anything. And that's the only reason why he didn't kill him. Otherwise, I feel like, you know, he would have killed him. He already killed that guy. Why Why wouldn't he kill the dude who just saw him kill the guy behind the desk? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just made me think of something because I was thinking about, like, just sugar and, like, killing people. Um, I think besides the dog chase, my other favorite scenario or collection of scenes yeah. is when Llewellyn is sitting in the last hotel room and he finds the transmitter because he's like, how the fuck are they finding yeah. it? Yeah, he's digging through the money. He finds, like, they cut out the square and the bills. Right. And he's watching it, and he sees the beeps are picking up. So he's able to be like, okay, whoever's finding this thing, their beeps are picking up, too. They're coming close. Yeah. So he gets the lights off. He's got his gun ready. And I love that scene so much because it's almost like they both know they're on the other side of that door. Oh, yeah. But we never see Shigur. Yeah. Right? It's just the, the legs. Yep. The shadows. Yeah. Like, you just see the two shadows, and he's sitting there. And in that, when they cut to the fucking lock on the, I was sitting, like, even last night, even though I've seen this movie so many times, I was sitting there like, it's going to pop out. <laughs> it's going to pop out. And you go, boom, and it hits him in the chest, and he just shoots. Like, I love that. But uh, that's leading into what I was getting into. Um, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie for death or chaos without showing it. Yeah. And so he, you know, gets hit by that thing. He grabs everything, fucking jumps out the window, you know, like crazy cowboy shit. And goes back in, right? Because, uh, oh, the, sorry, I'm skipping ahead. The, the other thing I love is uh, before he turns the lights off and stuff, 
he calls yeah. the front desk and no one answers and he's like, "All right, they're dead." You know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, "That's cool." That that's why I'm like, "There's there's training there," you know, like probably beyond honestly just going in there to Vietnam. Unless if he was like special forces or some shit. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. But anyway, because so, I don't think they ever. Well, they did say his job at the border he was oh like, yeah. yeah i was yeah. Uh, like the 12th battalion yeah, yeah so i i don't know what that means so i didn't but i had to bring that up because they they go back to that when he enters back into the lobby mm-hmm. you see the cat running away from the milk bowl but it's spilled over yeah. yeah and before we see a body or blood or anything i love how a spilled bowl of milk just says someone's dead yes like if that bowl of milk was still upright and the cat just ran away we'd be like okay things look normal but just something as simple as a spilled bowl of milk yeah and uh, another shot earlier in the movie when he kills that deputy after he struggles you know their cowboy boots are kicking against the floor and everything if they had just shown uh shigura come up and grab him around the neck and then they just cut to him cleaning off his wrists and they just showed the cowboy boots on the floor and in all those marks, we would be able to be like, oh, there was a struggle there. Yeah. And I think that's so cool how just very light symbolism like that can just tell us so much story. I think that's really cool. But by showing us that in the beginning, I think that's what sets up that uh, trail of thought throughout the rest of the movie. Yes. You know, anytime there's like something simple as bowl of milk being spilled over we're like oh okay chaos happened here mm-hmm. you know, somebody's dead uh, so I, don't know, I just think that's a really cool like stylistic choice they make with their filming yeah um, which that kind of made me think of something was like in the beginning when he walked into the moss house he gets the milk out it's not spilled there's no dead body but then at the motel there's milk again it's spilled and then there's a dead body it has nothing to do with the other, probably, but in no. my mind... No, but I, I did think that last night when I was watching it. Um, and actually, I think I wrote down... Uh, oh, no. I actually, I forgot what my favorite scene in this movie is. I'm glad I made a note of it. But my favorite shot, like, in terms of cinematography, when he just sits down in uh, Wellen's home with the milk, and he's looking at the TV that's off, I love the shot of him just sitting there on the couch just as a dark silhouette. Yes. I was like, that's eerie. It was. And it was uncomfortable. What's weird, but it also kind of shows that uh, God, I keep forgetting, Tom, Tom Bell it could solve things if he wanted to. He has this intuition. Yes. He literally does exactly what Shigur does when they go to investigate Little Town. He gets the milk. He sits down in the same spot on the couch and he looks at the TV and they even emphasize that. They literally do the exact same shot, but now it's Tom sitting there looking yeah. at his foot. I was like, damn, man, this guy could be a great cop. He's literally deciding not to be. Yeah. He is. The whole movie, he's just deciding not to be. And I think a lot of it plays into the fact that he he just... He's too old. He's too old and he... No country for old men. <laughs> like... I, it almost makes me wonder, did he or his father end up having a run-in with Sugar? And oh, he, I, and I, that I wonder is why. if his father was killed by Sugar because he says 
in the movie that his father's no longer around. Yeah, and he was a younger man than I am now, so or Dang. some shit like that. But it makes me wonder because he knows exactly what I mean. He walks in the house and he's like, "Yeah, it's sweating. What does that mean?" And the I guess the rookie deputy was just like, "Someone was just here," and he's like, "Yeah, yep." And it's like he knows what he's chasing, but he also knows if I catch up to him, I'm dead. Yeah. And I don't think he's ready to die yet. So I don't think that, you know, he wasn't doing the job because he just didn't want to do the job. Because like you said, he could be a very good cop and he is an excellent investigator. I think he's scared. Like, genuinely scared yeah. of Shigur, who is classified by Ed Tom as a ghost. Yeah. And that is why he doesn't press anything with him other than real basic, like, yeah, I mean, he was here. What's next? And he's just kind of going through the motions, but he's not really. And, and he knew it. Yeah. At, at the end of the movie, he was looking at the fucking keyhole, and he okay. knew he was on the other side of that door. Well... But he wasn't, right? And he was that, on the other side of the door next to it. Right, but no, he... No, but here's the thing. That's great symbolism for what you just said. He's a ghost, right? Yes. So, like, we're led to believe he's, like, you, you see where the lock's punched out, daylight's coming in, and just kind of casting on half of Shigur. He's standing there. And then the door opens, and he's not there, like a ghost would be. Yeah. You know? And I thought that was so cool. I was like, wow, man, like... Maybe if he didn't think he was a ghost, he would be in there. You know what I mean? Right. It, it was like, holy crap. And it would have been interesting to see them cross paths. Yes. I actually wrote down Shigur uh, versus Bell. And then I said teased. <laughs> yeah. That was one thing I was... So I, I kind of had the same train of thought as Dima that Shigur killed Bell's father. Honestly, what I expected to happen was like we saw earlier in the movie where bell walks in with his hand he has his handgun out but doesn't like have it drawn like he's got it in his hand just hanging down yep i expected bell to walk in make eye contact and be killed by sugar like his father was first time i watched this i thought he was gonna die too I thought I, Bell I remember was, thinking that I was like, "Don't go in that hotel room. Don't do it. You're old. You can retire." Like, I thought Bell was going to stand there and accept fate like his father did, and be gunned down by Shigur. Yeah. Well, what's interesting also, Shigur kind of represents uh, youthfulness in yeah. a sense of like, you know, the movie's called No Country for Old Men. Obviously, it's very on the nose, but I think it's cool to like just analyze this film as like an example of what happens when you really just get behind the times. So like Tom Bell's old, right? He became a sheriff when he's in his twenties, you know, like he's been doing this for a long time and everything that happens in this movie, he's always a day late to everything. He's showing up late to everything. It just shows like he can't be ahead. You know, he's too old. He's literally too old for this day and age. And Shigur is like a representation of like modern day. Like he's, he's using like uh, a current way in that time period, a current way of thoroughly executing cattle. 
Yeah. So they don't twitch and stuff when they're getting butchered. You know, just puncture mm-hmm. their brain. Like, and he's efficient. He doesn't leave witnesses, you know, and he's also very tactful. Like, he doesn't just, like, when he takes his shoes off and he's walking very slowly to the hotel. I love that because it shows that even though he's a psycho, he can be very calm. Yes. I think the best psychos, like, I mean, like the psychologist said, he is the perfect example of a psychopath. Psychopath. Most psychopaths are very calm. Mm-hmm. Like, until they're not. And, I mean, Ted Bundy. For the most part, cool, calm, and collected. You saw him in court, smiling, acting like he owned the world. Everything was peachy. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, same way. He didn't spaz out. I mean, ish. <laughs> but he didn't really, for the most part, he wasn't spazzing out until he was killing somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So, him being as calm as he was, very realistic and perfectly executed. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into uh, some things I didn't like about this movie. Yes. But first, another word from us do you know that we have a cartoon well we do it's called just kicks no tips we have two episodes on youtube right now they'll give you a taste of what's to come because i'm happy to announce that we are going to be posting a full first season of our cartoon and if you're curious what it's going to be like i highly recommend you check out the two episodes that we've posted on youtube and let us know what you think that would be freaking awesome all right now as much as I love this movie, and obviously Grant does as well, I will say there are things about this that might be a part of why Dima doesn't like it as much, yeah. and we'll find out. Um, Fuck you. I noticed, it's a great movie. I noticed one thing that really bothered me, and it's just from a, a production standpoint. In the end, and it, it's also just because there's so much emphasis on it, when uh, Shigeru hands that kid the $100 bill, there's three shots of the bill. When he hands it to him, it's a $100 bill. Yep. When the kid looks at it, it's a dollar. Yeah. And then the third shot, it's a $100 bill again. I literally checked this four times. Yeah, I rewound the movie yeah. last night. I was like... See, I thought I was just imagining shit. So what that means is, because this wasn't intentional, I googled it afterwards, it is one of the big hiccups in this movie. Kind of like how you can see an airplane in Troy. Like, it's it's a big, yeah. like, wow, they, they slipped up on that one. It was a reshoot, apparently. And they thought that they could just really quick, because they didn't have the fake $100 bills, yeah. I guess, just put a dollar bill in there. But I'm like, really? Was it that important that you had to, like, slide it? Like, come on, man. Didn't mean to sound like Biden there, but... <laughs> um. Now, the other two things... Uh, let's see here. Oh, this one's actually a big flaw and I haven't seen anyone talking about this, but it's just something I noticed. The movie puts a lot of emphasis on sugar in the beginning. He literally opens the movie. He kills the deputy. We see him cleaning his hands off and his wrists are bloody from the handcuffs. Yep. After that, they're not bloody anymore. Yeah. There's not even scars. There would be nothing marks for a long time. Uh, that was one thing that bothered me. Um, I was just like, wait, 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 what? And it's like, this movie takes place in a couple of days. That's yeah. it. So it's like, it's not like a it bunch of time went by. The entire time. I was like, where, where'd the marks on his wrist go? 
Yeah. Dude's literally got a bone sticking out of his arm at the end of the movie, and it's like, okay, where's that handcuff mark on his wrist? <laughs> right. that the other thing that bothered isn't me there. I don't... is Shigur cut his pants off, right? Mm-hmm. He had the same pants on again afterwards. He buys multiple pairs of the same exact pants. Well, here's a here's another biggie, and I don't know how they didn't catch this. When Llewellyn's in that truck and he sees Shigur in the background, Shigur's shot blows out the rearview mirror and mm-hmm. he ducks down. But then afterwards, he pops back up to look in the mirror that's not broken to see where Shigur is. Yeah. I was like, you put so much emphasis on the mirror being broken. Like, and then it's not. he lost that vantage point and then he just sprinkled some movie magic in. Like, <laughs> oh, it's back. He just hit the reset I mean, button. Like, I'm being very nitpicky, but just stuff like this, it's like you can't put emphasis on a bill, on the wrist, on right. the mirror, and then just totally act like it didn't happen. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Like, seriously. So, yeah, those were three things I was just like, all right. Um, oh, and back to the handcuffs. With the way Sugar was pulling, it wouldn't have cut. All the, a perfect circle around his wrist. Yeah. That, oh yeah. That's, that a, yeah, that's a good me. point too. That's a good point. That's just that's the Hollywoodized crap. Yeah, yeah it is. About. Like it's just like it's I, things. It's little things like that that people don't think about. No matter how much thought they put into their movies, and that's why I try so hard to put so much thought into things that we're doing because yeah. I don't want people to be able to sit down and do this with us. Right. We'll oh, probably yeah. still be able to, but whatever. Oh yeah, they will. But. It's just so annoying as a viewer. It's like, damn it, dude. How'd you let that slip? Um, I'm sure there's going to be some character flaws with some parts I've played. All right, Dima, we've talked about our nitpicks. Tell us what you don't like about this movie. Hey, dirty bastard. It just... It sucks. It sucks. Worst thing ever. No, I just... A big part of it was the ending. Because he's talking, and then it goes to credits, and I'm just like, did I miss something? Like, did I just fall asleep and not realize I fucking fell asleep on the couch? Yeah. So that really annoyed me, because I was like, I feel like you just took the easy way out and was like, uh, two-hour mark, we're done. Like, okay, no, thank you. Like, I, I need to see more. Um... And then it was like the slow parts. Like, and I know it was intentional to where it felt slow yet fast at the same time. Well, there's a reason for that, but I'll get into that in a second. But for whatever reason, like it felt like like the slow parts just seemed really slow. And I was bored. Like, I'm going to be honest, I was bored. Do you have anything else that you're unhappy about this movie? <laughs> if not, I'll just I'll tell you why that was happening. Not... Not that I can think of. Because don't get me wrong, the action, when he's... My favorite part of this movie is when he is in the motels. Like, when freaking Moss was in the hotels. Like, I absolutely loved that part of the movie. I thought it was phenomenal. I liked how, you know, he's just some cowboy from Texas, yet he's got that training from Nam, and he's actually very intelligent. So I really liked that. So it's it's not that I didn't like the movie. I just probably wouldn't watch it again just for fun. But I've said that about other movies and end up watching it just oh, for fun. So I mean, that's your ratings accurate because I think a three is like it was good, but I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, <clears throat> there's no music in this movie. 
oh shit, you're right. And it's something you don't realize until like somebody tells you, and that's why I'm telling you there's no music in the movie. That's why it feels so slow. I realized that about halfway through. It's actually a pretty quick movie. The pacing and it's pretty well done, especially with how much dialogue there is. There is a lot of dialogue. Um, so the pacing in this movie is actually pretty fast compared to how like normal movie format is. Oh. And they did that intentionally because there isn't music. They didn't want music because they thought it would really add to how empty uh, the world feels. Again, that that's fair. Yeah. So it's called a diegetic uh, soundtrack, which I didn't know was a wow. thing. No, it's when you use sounds that are in context to the story. So the soundtrack for this movie, if you ask the directors, is wind. Wind fills any empty space. When they're in a house, you'll see they'll even film it. You'll see wind blowing in through the curtains of yep. the window. Oh. If he's in the desert, you'll see wind blowing on the trees, blowing on the sand, blowing on the vehicles, whatever. Shit, you're right. Wind. And it's very faint. Sometimes you can't even hear it. Um Wow. So okay. Yeah. Now, just so people don't try to fact check me. There is a faint remnants of music used when um, Bell is talking in the beginning of the movie. Okay? That's it. Yeah. And that's the beginning of the movie. That's playing off the title screen, so I don't really count that. When you got a movie over two hours long, there's no music. Anything in the beginning doesn't really matter. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't count that. There is no music in the movie. Wow. The directors okay. wanted it that way. They They wanted it to just be sounds in context with what's going on on screen and what's cool about that is every little thing the sound design of this movie is actually incredible like if you listen to it through headphones because i've i've watched it on my phone before uh at my aunt's house you can hear the slightest little thing in any room and in any setting Hmm. because they they didn't have to mix it with a score so they were able to fine-tune everything, whether yeah. it's a pot being set down in the background, a door shutting and the, the hinge creaking or whatever. I mean, you can hear everything. And I will say, listening to this movie, their headphones really adds to it because, like, for instance, when they go in Llewellyn's house, as we saw earlier, it's a slab house, but it's up on stilts. So, like, it has an underneath part, right? Like a crawl space almost. Um, so there's a lot of creakiness. Mm-hmm. You can hear their body kind of sinking into the floor. And it's like, if anyone's in this house, they know you're there. Like, yeah. you know, you're not. So, yeah, the sound design of this movie is incredible. And as a guy who loves music, because honestly, with making our movies, one of the things I love the most is making scores for the music. I would think I wouldn't like this movie. Yeah. But I actually love that they did that. I think it's really cool. It is. And I... It's one of those things where, like, if they had made a score, I think I'd be like, okay, cool. But now, I'm like, I can't imagine what kind of music would fit this movie. None. Yeah, yeah I know. Like, even if they had, like, that typical, like, old western violin, viola shit going on, I'd be like, eh, you know, like, I don't know. Damn. Yeah, there's no music. That explains a lot. It, so, when there's dialogue, it's just silent between yeah. words being said. It's so crazy. Um, now it kind of shows a psychoticness, too. Well, that's the other thing. This movie can make you, f- like, literally feel psychotic in a sense of, like, yeah. you don't understand 
again, I could argue that Shigeru is a protagonist in this movie. Um, so you don't understand somebody who could be a protagonist from beginning to end. You just don't understand him. And then you have uh, Llewellyn, who you can 100% understand and relate to. Oh, you got yeah. a guy who's not working. He was in the service. He's not really living comfortably. He's out trying to hunt. He can't even do that. Comes across money. He's like, shit, I need this. Does what he has to do to try to lock it down for him and his wife. And doesn't go well. You know, and you you can be emotionally connected to him from beginning to end. Yeah. Like, you feel for him. You can, you know, empathize for him. Sympathize for him. Whatever. Sugar? No. No. No way. Not at all. So, like, if you're like me, who I follow Shigur, because literally he's the beginning of the movie, he's the end of the movie, if you ask me. I'm with you. I don't like the ending. I don't like the Bell dialogue scene. No. Even though I understand how they wanted him in the beginning, because he's only got, like, five minutes of screen time in the movie. Uh, so, like, yeah. Um, so, in the beginning of the end, that's when you get, like, the most dialogue from him. So those, it kind of, again, it makes things go full circle like life, you know, it just kind of ties back to what he was saying in the beginning. Yeah, I um, kind of took it as like if the movie was his dream. Yeah, it, I think it's also supposed to suggest like he's in a sense just ready to move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he doesn't really think, feel like he needs to do anything else. Like he says, like, I'm waiting for God. Or he says, I always thought God would show up one day. Shigur ain't God. No. You know, so, like, I feel like he's trying to avoid, like, what he might view as the devil yeah. or some a, a, an agent of Satan, right. you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I, I feel like his outlook on life is kind of conflicted, like, within his own thoughts because, like, he almost wants to move on at this idea of, like, meeting his father again. But then he also avoids death. So it's it's very interesting. Um, and I also like, the one thing I will say I like about the ending dialogue, it's so weird to think about, like, he says, like, I'm, you know, way older than my dad was when he passed. So he said in my dream, he's younger than me. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's weird. You yeah. know, like, that's such a weird thing to think about. Like, if when we die and we do go to heaven or any afterlife uh if we are you know the physical representation of what we were when we passed then like say i'm older than my grandpa when i pass then i'm going to be older than my grandpa in the afterlife you know that's that's an interesting thing to think about you know uh and so maybe that's maybe that's why he's afraid to die because he's like, I maybe he thought he would die as a younger cop like his father did. So now he's like, it'll be weird, you know, if I'm there and I'm older than my dad. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. Who knows? He's an interesting character. Yeah. He doesn't... It's weird because Tommy Lee Jones was the highest paid actor in this film. He was the first actor they casted for this film. And he has the least amount of screen time. Well, except for uh, Carson. Carson has the least amount of screen time. Yeah. Out of the main actors. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, he doesn't have much at all. No. Yeah, that kind of disappointed me, too, because I really like Carson. I'd like to see a movie with his character. I feel like his character was like, like I said, I was sold on him being this fucking unit. Yeah. Even though he did nothing, nothing. To, to warrant me thinking that about him. No. 
but he just dressed nice and he talked smooth. And again, he is who the American called in to take care of Segur and this whole mess with the exactly. Mexicans. So I was like, if you know this ghost is out there killing people, he's not traceable, but you call this guy in to handle it? Makes me think They're he can do on the some same shit. Level. Yeah. So Or at least similar. Now that leads me to because I, I can't help but think about him finding the briefcase. I think it's funny how Llewellyn threw it over the fucking border. Yeah. When he threw it over the uh overpass. Yeah. I think that's so fucking funny. So like it's right there, but it's like it's in another country technically. Right. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, that's what's cool about this movie there is like subtle humor like yeah. that you know like that's just such a funny predicament to be in like you got what is it two million dollars yeah just sitting right there and it's like damn it you know it's, <laughs> it's in another country technically <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh, i just thought that was funny and especially because we know that his character is obviously efficient you know look how quickly he's able to trace it down oh yeah you know like but it's like as quickly as he could trace it down he still can't obtain it and you know what that might be why he leaves Llewellyn alive honestly because he can't touch it yeah maybe he wanted maybe in his brain he was thinking I'll play I'll use these characters as my game pieces I'll let Llewellyn live because he knows before he entered Llewellyn and Shigur want that money. And Mexicans. Right? So, he's like, at some point, someone's going to obtain that briefcase. Right. Why do I got to get my suit dirty? Yeah, maybe that's what was going on in his brain. That's kind of cool to think about. Yeah. We don't really get that much out of him, unfortunately. No. But maybe that's why he didn't really stress about it. Like, he sees it and he's like, all right, it's, it's there. Then when he realizes that he's got a gun pointed at him and he's going to die, he, then he's I like, okay. that, man. I was like. My suit dirty. Again, even though I've watched this movie several times, I actually forgot that that's like because I knew Sugar killed him. I just didn't know when it happened. And I'm like, damn it, dude! Already, that fucking silencer on that gun that Sugar has, fucking holy sweet. Holy shit! <laughs> when it cuts to them sitting down, he's just sitting there and he's got like a fucking five foot long <laughs> silencer. It's like, did you put an oxygen can right. on the end of that barrel? God damn, dude! <laughs> I like how crazy. he didn't even shoot him until the phone rang. Then he's like, all right, I'm done with this. Again, a game. Oh, 100%. Do you think the coin would have came out? No. Really? No. Oh. Not at all. I think like he was... professional courtesy? Yeah, I think he was <laughs> going to kill him either way. I was assuming there was going to be a struggle before he died. Uh, well, see, that's the other thing. You kind of feel like we might get to see Carson do yeah. something. Like, there's going to be some action... But no, he, he just gets phone. shot because a phone rang. And he got bored. That's all it was. Sugar got bored <laughs> with did. him. And he's like, all right. But see, again, that's why I think he might have killed Llewellyn's wife. Carla? Yeah. Carla, yeah. I, I think he might have killed her. Yeah. You know, like, if a phone rang in that room, he probably just would have killed her. But no, they got to where he could play the coin game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think he was too hung up on that promise, obviously. Yes. He had nothing to lose when he went to her place. But then he then he goes to her place, and afterwards he gets T-boned by a car. It's like, okay. Which I honestly, as soon as that happened, I was honestly waiting for like 
freaking Ed Tom to walk out or some random ass person. I liked that I'm with you. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, I thought it was going to be like Tom Bell or somebody. Yeah. Like, I, we're going to get somebody. Or maybe it's just the Mexicans again. Yeah, exactly. Know? But no, it's just, again, freak accident. It's a representation of how unpredictable life yeah. can be. And I thought that was really cool. I thought that after, right after Sigur gets up and runs. I thought the credits were rolling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good ending. It would have been. I would have been cool with that. I would have bumped him up to a four. It would have. Probably. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about my favorite scene because I keep forgetting about it. When Shiger clears the fucking hotel room that the Mexicans are in. Yes. It is a bloodbath. It's ruthless. <sighs> and it is so... Like, his executing of killing is just so precise like it is just so like like he literally looks like arnold schwarzenegger like the way he's just standing there just like turning like boom, yeah yeah boom like he doesn't even fucking flinch dude he's just like you're dead you're <laughs> right dead. and i love the way he like breaches the door and just annihilates like he clears house man that whole scene is so well done so well like done. I flinched more trying to clear rooms in Call of Duty than he did in this. Dude, I mean, he went in and just knew yeah. someone's going to be there. It was like, breach door, kill, kill. And he's like looking around the room, like clearing it. I was like, man, that that's so cool. So fucking cool. And the shower kill. Yeah, I was going to say the shower kill, dude. Oh, my gosh. I just love that how he's like, yeah, I, I don't want the blood <laughs> on me. Just I was like, okay, I'm here for it, I guess. Yeah, see, there's a lot of things about him. That, that's why I'm like, there is some training there. Because, like, when he's investigating uh, the hotel room later and he looks at the air vent and then he looks in it and he can see the drag yeah. marks, I'm like, dude, no one else would think to look for this shit, man. Like, this guy's got some kind of training. Yeah. It has to, I think it, I, I feel like it has to be some, like, military training. Who knows, though? But either way, yeah, his, his character... He's fascinating. I could watch a movie based on his character alone, like pre this movie. Yeah. Um, another thing I'd be remiss not to talk about, because I do want to give her some credit. The actress, I forget her name that plays Carla. Um, Kelly McDonald. Yes, thank you. She, well, her dynamic with, uh, oh, that's hateful. Her, <laughs> her dynamic with uh, Llewellyn, is great we don't get to see a lot of it but when he first comes home with that briefcase i love how she's sitting on the couch doesn't really get too worried and she's like what's in the briefcase he's like shit ton of money she was like yeah right that'll be the day like but like he's being honest with her but like you can tell they have this dynamic where like she doesn't believe yeah. what he fucking says like whatever and she's like where'd you get the gun he said the, the place where you get stuff or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> and he comes in and sits down and she keeps asking questions and he's like, keep pushing. <laughs> Take you in there and fuck you. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like, this dude's been up for two minutes and he's basically just told her to shut up or she's going to get dick down. <laughs> <laughs> I love, though. but what's funny is you can tell like it, she's not offended. He's not being mean to her. You can tell. It's like just, their banter. They have a relationship yeah. like that. Like they're, you can tell they're close. Yeah. They joke around. Like, I, I, I kind of like that they established yeah. that, but also it's like, 
what he's just done is very serious. The thing he just came across is very serious. And because she doesn't really care, he doesn't have to explain. Yeah. Right. Right. Like he's honest with her. It's full of money. She doesn't, she doesn't even believe that. So there's no more questions. It's like, Oh, okay. And that's what was perfect about that scene was it. It was a very natural scene to happen. And it wasn't forced to be like, Oh, he's married here's a love interest yeah it yeah. was this is important to the storyline to show this side of him before you see this other side that we're yeah. going to focus so much <laughs> it on. also just makes it believable because like that relationship feels more natural and believable like you know abby and i joke with each other yeah. like that you and rachel joke with each other like that you and Leah joke. you know like that's how normal people are with their significant other right it's not like, oh, how was your day today, honey? But, you know, like, no. Yeah. Like, he's coming in, rough cowboy with a gun on his shoulder and a briefcase. Like, what's in the briefcase? You know, like, it's just normal right. conversation. I, I like that. It was very natural. But it also shows how he could actually get himself in this situation because he's not coming home to a wife who's, like, opening the briefcase. Like, what's in it? Let me see it. You know, or, like, yeah. money? Where'd you get it from? Like, no. Yeah. No, it's it sounds ridiculous, so she doesn't believe it. He's like, fine, Which whatever. Most people want to sit here and watch TV, like, <laughs> right? You know, I, I just thought that was cool. And she's also significantly younger than him. She is. Uh, yeah. She's like eighteen or nineteen or something like that. Like she's really young. Um, so there's also like that ignorance of youth, mm-hmm. and she's obviously just wanting to like be where she's at with him in terms yeah. of marriage and everything. So she's not going to press any buttons that might push him away, right? And that could lead to her being gullible enough to go along with things and expect everything to be okay. But it's like, no, nah, he's on the run from some pretty bad people. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being in this situation? Like, you come... Because I oh, thought... Yeah. Do you remember at the mall how we used to be like, why can't we just come across a sack of money? Right. Because, you know. We worked at a mall where we had DEA bust the cartel. I'll just say that. Yeah. They busted the cartel on property at our mall. Wild. So. Yeah. It happened. Crazy ass shit. Dealing heroin. Yep. A freaking mall. And, I, and I've said this on other episodes. I think it would be terrifying to uproot the cartel and see how deep their fingers run into our own country yes. and its system. Because that goes all the way down to a lonely old mall in some ghetto-ass city. You know, like, it's kind of crazy, man. Kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. And hell, us as security guards, we had local police coming to us or coming to our boss saying, hey, if you see this kind of vehicle, let us know. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, this is a real thing. Yeah. You know, Or like, if you see this vehicle, stay away. So, with that being said, uh, that's why, like, do it. Get your gut in there. Come on, Green. Well, throw your tit in there. Chocolate glaze. Hey, if you get the chocolate glaze, I'll get the other chocolate Helga glaze. Helga didn't want you to have those or donuts. Or do I want Green. one of the white Helga, ones? Helga didn't want you to fucking touch those donuts. I wanted that one. Oh. You can't <laughs> read the sign under the donuts. You don't deserve them, Grant. Enjoy, get, get, get it in there. Eat that damn donut. What? Oh, God. I told Abby we need to get a basketball hoop for the trash can. I was like, none of us make it in that damn thing. That thing could be up on the table, and we'd be like, Ugh. like throw it at the TV or something. <sighs> Anyways, um, 
But what I was getting to with the whole cartel mall cop thing. Imagine us. There's one night we're locking up the mall. And we're riding around on a cool summer night. Just fucking around until we leave. We come across a car at the bottom of the park. Tastes weird, do you? Oh, no. Like cinnamon? Like soap. Ew. Really? Those are my favorite donuts. Yeah, they're usually really good. It just tastes different. Oh, Helga probably polished them off for you. That's why they're all shiny. That explains the hair. The you can't read when you put some Dawn dish soap on them. <laughs> Sorry, go Dude, ahead. I'm telling you. Sh Actually, I shouldn't say that. Hypothetically, if she were to uh, not make it to work tomorrow, that would suck for her. <laughs> Actually, it would suck more for her co-workers because they'd have to do more work. But probably not because she doesn't apparently want to do anything because she's a lazy bitch. Um, anyways. weird about that. Anyways. Imagine it is a cool summer night. We just locked up the mall. Yeah. We go in the parking garage, which we found a lot of crazy shit in that parking garage. There is a car running, door open. We don't see bodies. But there's a lot of money. A sack of cash. We'd probably fucking keep it, knowing our dumb asses, especially back in 2018. We yeah. probably would have kept that shit. Oh, 100%. With no idea what's going to be looking for it. Yeah. We wouldn't have cared. We and wouldn't I, even thought about it. And... You know, in most situations, it would probably just be like a local drug dealer or whatever. But we worked in a mall where the cartel got busted. So for us, it's very it would possible. be a possibility we would be in Llewellyn's situation. Yes. We'd have Mexicans outside the security guard office slashing tires and coming in with AKs. Like, fuck, Nemo. <laughs> Crawling through the ceiling. like <laughs> Jumping off the roof. Just coming. Oh, my God. It's terrifying to think. Was, I know. I know I would keep that money. I'm stupid enough to keep that money. Thankfully, we we smartened up a little bit since then, so I wouldn't be Thankfully, keeping the I'm money Thankfully, I'm just now. not working somewhere where I'm going to come across cartel money. But yeah, unless the cartel uh, comes knocking on our office door, I think we're okay. Yeah. Like, if we find a bag of money, we know it's... Fucking turning that shit in at this point in life. Oh. <laughs> I'm not risking it. My luck, I'd have sh <laughs> sugar no, I, coming at me. I couldn't. I wouldn't want to bring that on people in my life. No. Like, I can't imagine, like... I go and buy Abby and I a house with money I find, but then I'm like, there might be guys looking for the money that I spent on this house one day. Yeah. And then Abby's going to be at risk. Yeah. Or kids or whatever. Right. You know, like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I could not do but, that. But nah. I on Stone Media would have some nice shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, again, it's a believable thing. We've been in a situation where if we came across money, we would have done what he did in this movie. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like everything about this movie is believable yeah. there's nothing fantastical about it it's a very grounded realistic movie right. and that's cool it's kind of hard to come across movies like that you know yeah. like um and, and even when it comes to the law enforcement like everything that the the police were doing like everything was believable there wasn't anything i was questioning it all made sense yeah it was a very believable movie so that's rare too because i get really picky about cops and movies the, and the way they do things the only thing that i think really bothered me in the movie consistently was him shooting the lockout with a fucking really i thought that was cool it I was it that. was cool it was just like man i don't know if that's possible it is it actually is that uh that's called a uh captive bolt pistol and oh, wow. i forget the amount of pressure it puts out but like you know when uh, Bell's looking in Llewellyn's home and he sees the imprint on the other side of yeah. the house 
where the lock hit. Mm-hmm. That's apparently like realistic to how much power those things have. That's because oh, wow. okay. The, that the changes cow, where they enter the cow's skull when they kill them. Mm-hmm. It's very thick, but uh, it's an instant kill because of the part of the brain it hits. Yeah. Um, so they had to make it. And, you know, that air-compressed tank, you know, that whole setup is exactly how it is in real life. They just walk around, they go, I mean, it's just a very efficient, it just puts out a big, you know, rod with a point on it. So, yeah, you put that up against uh, any average doorknob that comes from Home Depot. To be honest with you, I don't know if it would be that clean is the thing I question. I think it would fuck that doorknob up, personally. That's It was a very clean... It was kind of convenient that... The, so, now that you bring that up, it doesn't make me think. It's kind of convenient that it just happens to be the size of every, like, door lock on every door in the movie yeah. that he does that to. So, I'll give you that. That's where I was but like... But in terms mm-hmm. of, of the power, it's, it's realistic. Those things are insane. So... I liked how... Ed Tom and freaking i think it was wd wendell with him the entire time <laughs> that was such an annie griffin like it was setup. like you got the goofy deputy yeah. and you got annie griffin who doesn't use co- guns yeah just saying nice little homage but i liked how <laughs> wendell went to bell and was like hey so uh there's no bullet and he's like how's that possible he's yeah. like there's no exit wound it went through the front of his skull Where's the bullet? I liked how, like, which I feel like is a very natural reaction. Yeah. You know, is you're assuming that's a fucking bullet. Oh, yeah. Well, that also leads to the brilliance of this character. In terms of weapon, he's not leaving evidence behind, but he doesn't wear gloves. He doesn't wear a hairnet. He's got a lot of hair. Oh, yeah. So it's like he doesn't care about leaving evidence at a crime scene. Even though he has what most killers would dream of having, and that's a weapon that you can't trace. You're not leaving bullet casings. You're not leaving fragments. You're not leaving anything. You're leaving a hole. Which, granted, at that point in time, forensics wasn't what it is today. No, no. But even to this day, it would still be very hard. It would. You figure out that it's a freaking cattle gun. Okay, where do you start with that? I mean, we live in freaking Ohio. How many of those things do you think exist? Right. Or the states around us? We're surrounded by farm states, you know? It's like, right. how, how do you narrow that down? You drive a few hours one way, you can get it. You drive a few hours in the yeah. complete opposite direction. Like, like You I, can get one in the town I grew up in. You, you go yeah. dip that thing in some hydrochloric acid, there's no evidence of any kills on that thing ever. Just, so it's kind, of, it's kind of scary to know that weapon's real in real life. Yeah. Evil wins in this movie. Yeah. That's what's crazy about This movie is literally a story of good versus evil, and evil wins. Yeah. There's not a lot of movies like that. Not only that, even movies that give you that, there's at least a glimmer of hope that good would prevail after the movie ends. We don't even get that. We see good sitting in a chair talking about his dead dad. Yeah. Like, no, dude, there's literally no hope. None. Just death wins. Like, I think a movie like this coming out today would probably not happen. No, No, it'd be impossible. Because it would get canceled really quick. You're not allowed to show cops not winning at all. They don't get one victory. None. There is not one arrest made. There is not anything that's prevented. None. They just show up like, well, it happened. You know, Literally. Like, that's what the cops do in this. Yes. And then they get killed. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a very gloom movie. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's pretty crazy. 
Which I think it was cool because, like, I mean, other than at night, it was a pretty bright movie. Like, the scenes themselves, the sun was usually always I, out. I love movies that are filmed in Texas. Yes. And TV shows. When they're actually filmed in Texas, yes. the landscape, the way the sun sets, there's just something about it, man. Yes, and I, you've been to Texas. I want to go to Texas one day. Oh, yeah. I, I think it would be awesome. I'd like to go back. I mean, I specifically not really the same area that I've been in, was in. <laughs> but that was just because it, like, I, I'd like to see more of Texas. I saw that area mostly. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It's like the sunset's just, it's wild. Well, you're closer to the equator. Right. Um, and it's and you're, you're as close as you can get to the United States unless yeah. you go to Hawaii. Right. So it's like. It's kind of hard for Hawaii me. Hawaii is cool too in some sense. I'm going to Hawaii one day. That is like a definite. That is as right. definite as me going to Norway. Yeah. Like I have to go to Hawaii. Hawaii is phenomenal, um, dude. But I, as someone who's into photography and also just filming, yeah. I would love to use that sunset for pictures or whatever. I, I think it would be so cool. Yeah. But also the night sky. Like, you know, the governor of Texas is always talking about, like, how their light pollution is some of the lowest in the United States. Yeah. So you can see the sky. I remember stars, in tech so. school, we, you know, I was always working midnights. And, you know, part of my job at that point in time was to walk around, you know, make sure that people are in their dorms like they're supposed to be. They're not out, right. you know, doing what ever they may want to do and there's this one area where you'd go out on it and it's kind of like a um like a deck almost but it's like all concrete and you could just look up and all you'd see is freaking stars and the moon that's so cool um i hate that that's such a rare thing anymore yeah and it it was a phenomenal view. Like it was phenomenal. Um well, that's a big part of why I want to go to Norway. Yeah. Norway in terms of like uh, uh a civilization, you know, there's not a lot of like populated cities right. in Norway. There's more villages, mm-hmm. cabins, stuff like that. So it's very easy and you have a lot of mountains and stuff, so it's okay. easy to just get away from everything. Yeah. And and see the sky. Uh or Borealis and all that fun stuff. Northern Lights, you know. Like, yeah. So I, I just, I would love to go to Norway one day. Yeah, so, anything else you want to say about this movie? Uh, No, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, I think, think they did a very good job with it. Um, I probably have to bump my original thing up to a solid 3.5. Uh, you, you said original, you, said you did I said 3 to 3.5. Oh, so you're locking like it down solid as 3.5. 3.5. Um, I don't know. There's just something about it. It was a good movie. I think they all did a great job. I think, you know, Javier was perfect for the casting as well as Woody was. I think they complemented each other very well. Mm -hmm. And even though you didn't see them together, but one short little scene, I think it was a very well complemental (laughs) duo for them. Um, I really like Josh um and javier's dynamic like because they only had the conversation on the phone but that conversation was still he says you know you know who it is yeah exactly like he already knows who he is and vice versa 
Um, I think that was executed very well. <laughs> it would have been funny if he like uh, cattle gun the phone and Josh Brolin's like, ah, like God damn, you know, like it almost pierces his <laughs> right. head. Through the phone. You know who it is. Fucking Tom and Jerry. Oh, God. Yeah, it just comes through the phone and gets him. Right. Like, his ears bleeding. Um, Son of a bitch. But no, I mean, I think, (laughs) you know, overall, (sighs) the Coen brothers did a very good job with this movie. It was a good movie. It was. I thoroughly enjoyed. These guys know how to make a very compelling story. Yeah. Um, and And they know how to present it. That is something I'll give them credit for. I'm not going to say they're my favorite directors, but when it comes to storytelling, they definitely keep it interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I I'll give them that. And like I said, the cinematography in this movie, I was a huge fan of. Huge fan of. Uh, another shot that I'll point out, when Shigur's washing his hands, the camera is set up looking down on top of the mirror, and you see the reflection of the mirror and the reality side of the mirror and his hands come in. But what's trippy about it is like, you're looking down, but then the shots also turned horizontal. So even though you're looking down, he still comes in from the right. Like he would, if you were on the foreground looking, you know, normally it's really trippy, but it's a cool shot. I love that shot. It almost takes away from the fact that his bloody wrist disappear later. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's enough of uh, No Country for Old Men. We got a few more minutes. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Any, any grievances you want to get? Uh, Helga at Meyer. I just want to say that I do wish you the best. I'm all about uh, my personal health and mental health and everything. It's not good for me to hate people, so I don't do that. I'm not going to hold any ill will toward you. But I will say you should probably seek another line of work. Because you obviously don't like what you're doing, uh, boxing donuts at Meyer. Yeah, um, don't suck. <laughs> just saying, you might want to consider a new career field. Because when friendly old me comes in and just asks you for help, uh, the way you responded was very unprofessional, and you probably deserve to get hit by a dump truck. Anyways, um, hypothetically speaking, of course. <laughs> hypothetically, I can do that, but 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 not really. Yeah, hi- hypothetically. Nice I can't do things in GTA 5, though. I get away with a lot in GTA 5. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if we could get uh, held accountable for things we do in video games? Oh, dear God. Like, We're all we, going to prison. We get into a version of reality where – this is about to get really off subject – where, like, we are so integrated with the metaverse that, like, you have police knocking on your door like, did you hold user 2704 hostage sausage um, – hostage the other day and i'll be like yeah their name literally has hostage in the name and it's just a video game okay but they own that character and you held it hostage i'll be like it's a fucking video. sir can you turn around real quick? you know what i mean like what if we get yeah. to reality like that i i give up in life at that but point that's what, in the metaverse people are getting jobs people yeah. are buying things it's already becoming like a a tangible thing almost yeah it's really fucking trippy so like yeah, I got feds coming to my door because I got five stars on GTA 5. Like, <laughs> Sir, did you steal uh, $20,000 from the Federal Reserve? Like, you damn fucking straight I did. I saved that. I screen recorded it. <laughs> I put it on Instagram. I made a TikTok about it. Oh. I don't need you to come with us. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm moving. I'll move to the center of the ocean or something. 
Okay, for anyone who's hung in long enough, I'll go ahead and announce something we haven't announced. Okay. The podcast is coming to an end. No, I'm just kidding. All right, well, yeah, Jordan's just kind of sitting over there. That's why you guys haven't heard from him this episode. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him today. He, uh, I don't know. He's kind of being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, you just keep sitting there and looking stupid, Jordan. That's fine. That's why I unplugged your mic, bitch. <laughs> He's been talking this whole time, but his mic's unplugged. That's that's why. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of a first that he's refused to be on camera for this one, too. I don't know. And yet he's still wearing a mask and shit. It's kind of weird. COVID's gone. I really like your boot on the whiteboard. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Did you have anything else? Yeah, real quick. Um... We'll be filming the first Deerstalker uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, podcast yeah. very soon to get that posted to y'all. And then we will also be filming for our uh, for the second Star Wars podcast, um, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Um, we're doing an episode on Napoleon Dynamite. And we're doing an episode on Signs with a special guest. Yep. And we're doing an episode on John Wick with a special guest. Bam, 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 bam. And we're going to have Ironstone Sports. A lot coming. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming, guys. It's fun. Yeah, and we're going to have a whole show where we live stream while the table's on fire. Can't wait for that one. Yes. No. I'm wearing a fire suit. I'm just laying on the fire. He's going to be on fire. You're going to assume there's a suit, but it's just Grant on fire. <laughs> Hypothetically. We're going to see how much alcohol you have to drink before you can't feel yourself on fire. That'll be a whole segment okay. we do and then the next episode would be perfectly fine because we're just we're not real we're just ai we're simulation <laughs> pretty much no but seriously guys thank you for tuning in uh we gave you a little bit of longer episode on this i know a lot of you guys like longer episodes so hopefully you appreciated our tangent uh, if you want to cancel us go ahead and comment down below or if you want to appreciate us go ahead and hit that thumb on hand upwards but either way we don't care because we're just here to have fun and until next time, take care.